Hey everyone, and welcome to Money Moves for Teens. My name is Tally Levy, and I'm here to inform and inspire my teenage peers by discussing the topics of business, entrepreneurship, and personal finance. I'm so grateful you were able to take the time to listen today, and I hope you find value in this episode. With 70% of Americans owning a credit card today, this payment method has become such a norm in society, most even considering it a necessity. This episode, I'm going to talk about some of the main reasons why people decide to use and avoid using credit cards, but I'll be looking at these points through a different view compared to the rest of society. People don't always talk about the size of credit cards I'll be going over today, so to many, my words may come as a surprise. And before I begin, I would like to start with my stance on credit cards and how I'll be structuring this episode. I want to let you know it is possible to live without a credit card, even if you're not rich, and the cons of credit cards are worth taking a look at, which is pretty much what we'll be doing in this episode. As far as the structure, if you've ever watched pros and cons of credit card videos, you'll notice how my episode will be structured similarly, alternating between the pros and cons. But what's different about my episode is that through research I've done, I don't agree with the pros many associate with credit cards. So, instead of only stating a pro, I'll further explain why I don't agree with the statement. As I go through the episode, the structure will make more sense and I'll make a clear distinction between my different points. This will probably make you question societal norms when it comes to this topic and really everything you've ever been taught about credit cards. The first, more widely known con when it comes to credit cards are the high interest fees that come with them. Remember, interest simply means the cost of using someone else's money. In a credit card's case, this is the cost of you using the bank's money. You encounter these fees when you don't pay your credit card balance off in full at the end of the month. According to WalletHub.com, the average credit card interest rate is almost 18%, but it can even get as high as around 30%. To help you understand the significance of these numbers, if you had $100, for example, left on your credit card at the end of the month with a 20% interest fee, you now owe the bank $120. And as you continue to not pay your balance, the amount you owe to the bank keeps increasing. This is a main contributor as to how people fall into these deep debt traps they feel they can't get out of. It might start small with you only paying $20 extra as I just went over, but that number can quickly compound into $50 extra, $200 extra, you get the point. It's not a trap you would like to fall into. But unfortunately, more than half of Americans with credit cards do fall into this trap. 55% to be exact, according to thestreet.com. With that information, I'm sure you can infer these interest fees are making credit card companies lots of money, and you would be correct. The majority of these companies' revenue comes from interest payments. People pay hundreds of billions of dollars in interest collectively every year. That makes a loud statement about the ability of a credit card consumer to pay off their debt. So the first con to credit cards are the incredibly high interest fees. Okay, so the first reason a person may be in favor of credit cards are because they can build their credit score. Because you need a credit score to buy anything in today's world, right? Well, that isn't necessarily true. What is true is that credit scores have become huge in our current society, and people believe there is no way they can function without one. And before I talk about why you don't need one, I'll first explain what a credit score is. A credit score is made up of five components, your payment history, credit utilization, length of credit history, mix of credit types, and recent applications. I won't go into depth about what each of these mean, but this score basically explains how well you can pay back the debt that you owe. 
Many believe this 300 to 850 score determines how well you manage your money when that is not the case. All the factors of this score revolve around debt, which is why your ability to use and pay back debt is the only thing this score reveals, not how well you manage the money you have. Also, the only time anyone would need to see this score is if you're using debt to buy something like a car or a house. And in general, the only time using debt is acceptable is in one situation, which is getting a mortgage for a house. I'll talk about this point further later this episode, but if you're aiming to live completely debt-free, your credit score won't matter. Because you won't be using debt to buy anything, you would be using the money you have. Traveling, renting, even home buying can all be done without a credit score as much as society likes to believe it can't. So you don't need a credit score to live and saying that's a reason to open and use a credit card would not be valid. The second widely known con when it comes to credit cards are the annual fees. The average annual fee associated with credit cards is almost $110. $110 more than you would have paid by instead using a debit card or physical cash. People pay these fees because they feel other benefits of credit cards will compensate for them. Usually, the credit cards that come with the most enticing rewards have the higher fees, and people buy into this. In fact, one in four cardholders say they are willing to pay an annual fee, according to Bankrate.com. This is not to say you should avoid everything with an annual fee, but when it comes to credit cards, there are some factors you have to consider. First, NBCNews.com states that 31% of credit card holders aren't redeeming their rewards. This could be due to a person's unawareness of having rewards, confusing guidelines surrounding the use of rewards, or even them simply expiring. As I said before, the advertised credit card benefits and rewards are why most people pay an annual fee. So, if almost a third of those people don't utilize these rewards, what's the point of paying over $100 every year for the card? Also, a quick note, I'm actually not in support of these rewards offered, which I will talk about next week. I'm just explaining the thought process behind this point of annual fees. But back to what I was saying, if a person's main motive behind paying an annual fee is to gain rewards but they don't for some reason, now they're giving their hard-earned money to a credit card company to get nothing in return. You can experience that same outcome by using cash or a debit card, but instead you don't have to pay over $100 a year. The second thing to consider is that the average American owns four credit cards. Now, what if you pay an annual fee on not one, but four credit cards? That's a considerable amount of money leaving your pockets every year. You might say, well, if I don't use an older credit card as much, I can just close that account and stop paying the annual fee. You technically can, but people argue against it. Why? Because when you close a credit card of yours, your credit score will drop. That's due to the credit utilization component of your score I talked about earlier. Some do say that if you would be paying a sky-high annual fee for a card you wouldn't use, then it would make sense to close the account. It makes sense, but many won't do it because they want to protect that credit score of theirs. So iconic credit cards are the annual fees that come with them. The next two reasons why people favor credit cards are related because they fall under the convenience category. First, people argue that credit cards are more convenient than carrying cash. While this may be true, there are things called debit cards which solve this problem. Remember, a credit card allows a person to borrow money from a bank to make their purchases, while a debit card allows a person to draw money directly from their own account to make their purchases. So by using a debit card, you can pay others with money you have, and you experience the full convenience of a card form. That sounds like a win-win. The second convenience reason people like credit cards is because they can buy items without saving all the cash first. 
While this has become such a normal thing to do in today's world, that doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. You should not purchase something if you don't have all the cash for it first. It means you can't afford the item. I'll explain it this way. People have their cause and effects twisted. Instead of saying, I can make the monthly payment for this item, so that means I can afford it, you should say, well, I can't afford this item because the only way I would be able to pay for it is by going into debt and paying monthly. As I was talking about credit scores earlier this episode, I said that there's one valid reason as to why you may need to pay for something over time, and that is for a house. Everything else like a car or a phone should not be putting you into debt. A main reason for that is because you will end up paying more money over time for that item because of interest. When you borrow money and make a promise to pay it back to your lender, they will most likely charge you interest. So if you're paying monthly for a car with interest, you will end up paying more money in the end rather than if you had saved up the cash to buy it up front. Another main reason why you should not go into debt to pay for items is because by doing so you're living above your means. We're so used to seeing everyone on social media with huge houses and fancy cars, it can be easy to compare what you have to what others have or question why you don't have the same. Especially if you know what they do for a living and you know you might make about the same, but they were able to buy a huge house and you can't, you might start to believe that you now deserve that same house or that you should be able to pay for it too. When in reality, you don't know what goes on behind the screen. They may have just taken out a huge loan they're now stressed about paying off over years to come, which they only did because they were looking at the next person's social media account, comparing themselves to them. And this cycle of comparison and going into debt never seems to stop. And if you've ever found yourself in this cycle or have been tempted by it, know that you can take the necessary measures to make sure you don't fall into the cycle. Because as the numbers show, most people can't afford the things they buy, again, it's only made possible by their use of credit cards, but what it really means is that they're living above their means. And it's a well-known point that a major way to build wealth is to live below your means and spend less than you make. People's common use of credit cards twist that backwards with people spending more than they make. Also, imagine this, if credit cards didn't exist and you didn't have the option to use debt to pay for things, could you still afford the new $40,000 car you've been looking at? If that answer is no, then you probably should not buy it. So saying you can pay for items over time while arguing for credit cards isn't valid and you should not pay for things you can't afford. Those were all the cons and my responses to people's pros of credit cards. Earlier in this episode, I mentioned a couple times that the only acceptable form of debt is a home mortgage and that you don't need a credit score to have one. I stand by those statements and look out for my next episode where I'll explain exactly how that's possible. I'll also talk about another popular reasoning behind the use of debt when it mainly comes to real estate, so stay tuned to find out. We're almost at the end of this episode and I have some final thoughts for you to consider. First, if through your research you've watched other videos about the pros and cons of credit cards, I want to address how these videos typically end. Usually, once the speaker has finished all of their talking points, they'll say something along these lines. Now that we've looked at all the pros and cons of credit cards, I've come to the conclusion that the credit card pros outweigh the cons and I advise you to get a credit card under a couple conditions. Again, these are the words of the majority of other pro-con credit card videos, not mine. They continue to say you should get a credit card if you know you can pay your balance off in full every month and if you manage your money wisely. If you do those things, you should be good to go. Now, most people hear this and go out and get a credit card, but I'll tell you what's wrong with their statement. 
The first condition they state, you will pay your balance off in full every month, doesn't make sense because if you're watching the video to decide whether to get a credit card, you don't know if you can pay off that balance. You haven't tried before, so you can't just assume you'll be able to. The next condition, you'll manage your money wisely, doesn't work because it's not measurable. There's not a number a person can look at and know if they're smart at managing their money. Also, who wants to admit to themselves they can't manage their money properly? Not many people. That would only be the case if they were extremely honest with themselves or they had people around them who were honest with them, both of which are rare. And I'll just tell you this, based on the numbers, you most likely won't be able to pay your balance off at the end of the month. 55% of people don't. There's a greater chance you'll fall into the debt trap. So why take the chance? And on top of that, the pros they talk about in their videos aren't even really pros, which is what I talked about today. But I wanted to go over those two points many videos include and explain to you all why you shouldn't weigh your decision based on those conditions because as I've just explained, it wouldn't make much sense. Lastly, even after everything I've just said, there will still be people who currently have a credit card who say, well, I pay my entire balance off at the end of every month, I spend as much as I normally would without one, and I receive all the credit card rewards so I can use a credit card responsibly. This is a very common counter to a view like mine on credit cards, and my question to this person has to do with their second point, that they'd spend the same amount of money with a credit card as they do without. Now, this has to do with overspending when it comes to credit cards, and I'm going into lots of depth about this in my next episode, but my question is, how do you know that? I'll just briefly say there have been numerous studies done that show people spend more money when they use a credit card compared to cash, and this happens all within a person's brain, the decision-making process we can't see but we can study. So by denying your increase of spending with a credit card, you're also denying the idea your brain can make subconscious decisions that you may not even realize, which is also backed by science. But if you think you're immune to that, fine. If you think you're smarter than the banks, that's fine. And if you think you can beat the credit card companies at their own game, that's fine also. And so, even after all of this, you still consider yourself a person who uses or can use a credit card responsibly, I believe it really comes down to also being okay with staying in debt the rest of your life. And that's a decision a person has to make for themselves. But when you argue for using credit cards, you're essentially saying you want to continuously be paying someone else back. You want to continuously be in debt. And that's where I'll leave this episode for you to finally decide. If you've made it this far, congratulations, I'm happy you're here. I hope you found this episode eye-opening and helpful. Remember, next week I'm following with a part 2 of this episode on credit cards, and I have a lot more information to offer to you guys, so stay tuned. That concludes another episode of Money Moves for Teens. Thank you for tuning in today, and remember to thank yourself for creating the space to learn something new. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be a huge help to me and others if you would share my content with those who might benefit from the information. You're always welcome to leave a rating and review, and if you have any questions or would like to follow me on other media, you can visit my website, moneymovesforteens.com. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you guys in my next episode.